Come on, man. Let me give you some trash talk, okay? Come on, man. Jesus Christ, I met some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. Come on, man. Oh, I'm short. Son of a bitch. Come on, man. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. Come on, man. You've got to get mad. You've got to get mad. You've got to get mad. The DNC is planning to censor any, quote, misinformation about vaccines that you receive privately over text message. So what does misinformation mean? Here's the thing you should know. Misinformation is not the same as false information, as factually inaccurate information. Misinformation can be factually true. In fact, it very often is factually true, and that's why they're angry about it. Misinformation is instead anything the Biden administration does not want you to know, including, for example, how effective the COVID vaccines actually are and what the potential side effects might be from taking them. So let's say you're interested to find out that information and you looked it up from the Biden administration's own websites. Let's say you start with the VAERS database, which records vaccine harm. You no longer are allowed to text what you find on their databases to other people in this country, the country you were born in. Your private conversations will be controlled by the DNC. Is that the picture of a free country? Looks like we should have worried about civil liberties last year when all of this started. Oh, but it's a global health emergency. We have no choice. Things will go back to normal when it ends. But will they go back to normal? If the government can ban discussion of the drug they are making you take, what can't they do? Ha-chow! Info Ninja. Like your student loan payments this September, I'm back, baby. And it's a true honor to be back deep inside your ears. Have you joined the dojo yet? Why not? Seriously, get on top of this right now. Send an email to infoninjapodcast at gmail.com and say, sign me up, baby. It's time. You're going to hear about all the newest content that comes out first. You're going to hear about all the newest merch. We're going to stay connected. You're going to be a ninja, baby. So just send an email, infoninjapodcast at gmail.com and join the dojo. And if you're listening to us on Apple, that's great. I love everybody that listens on every platform, but it seems like Apple is the only one that allows you to leave a review. It really helps us out if you leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review. And if you're watching slash listening to this on ScrewTube, please like and subscribe. But to everyone out there, thank you for listening. Thank you for coming to hear the info from the ninja. My ninjas, I want to start this one out with a confession. No, not that kind of confession, not the R. Kelly peeing on 13-year-olds kind of confession, but I'm going to start this multi-part series out with a confession, folks. I, the Info Ninja, have not been sick for, eh, it's been about five or six years at this point. I'm leaning more towards six, not because of my ego, but I really think that's as long as it's been since I've been sick. Like sick, like had to call off work for real legit reasons, (laughs) not a mental health day. And actually, when I was sick about six years ago, I was only sick for about three hours. I went to bed, I woke right back up, and I felt a lot better. I was like 90% there. So it didn't last too long. But I haven't been sick for about six years. And I feel terrible for these poor bastards out there that are getting sick every year. These people that get a sinus infection every winter, the flu comes around or any kind of a virus and they're going to catch it, guaranteed. 
I feel terrible for those people. And I think some of them, it almost doesn't matter what they do. They're, they're going to experience some sort of uh, sickness because of their genetics. You know, they can reinforce themselves with all kinds of positive behavior. Maybe it doesn't make a difference, but that is certainly not the average person. The average person can make a big difference. But it's been about six years since I've been sick. And before that, it was about three years before that. And again, it was just a few hours, basically. And I needed to rest. I needed to calm myself. I needed to hydrate, recollect. And then I bounced back about 90%. And the next day, I'm 100% fine. And I'm grateful for that because some of that is really good genetics. But there are still people in my family that have been sick, that have had issues. So it's not 100% genetics. 100% 100% grace is the, is the best way to say that because you don't pick your genetics. God does. So if, you, if you're healthy, tell him thank you, not your personal trainer, even though you should high five him and tell him thank you as well or her thank you as well. Now, I attribute a lot of this to my current state. Um, the fact that I don't get sick very often is that I'm about 10% body fat. And that that takes work. That takes dedication in the kitchen. That take that takes dedication in the gym. Really, nothing too extreme on either side. It may feel extreme in the beginning, but once you get into the routine, I'm not doing anything too special. But how do I maintain that? It's just getting into those healthy habits and continuing on with those healthy habits. The average American, I, I think, the last I had read, it was between 28 and 40 percent body fat. Wow. body fat. And I'm not downing on any of the bigger people out there. I get it. And I don't get it. I haven't been that big. I think the highest I probably have been, I don't remember ever registering as 20%, but I could say, yeah, I probably was 20% body fat at one point. No, I had a lot of muscle. I was strong. It's this thing when you're trying to add muscle and drop fat, it's almost an impossible thing. So if you want to add muscle, you're usually bringing fat up with that too. But yeah, I was a strong 20% body fat, but I wasn't lean either. Wasn't fat, but just wasn't, you know, Jason Statham, Daniel Craig. Those are my two go-to celebrity body types. It used to be Arnold, and then I realized that I wasn't on steroids. I love you, Arnold. I'm not ripping on you, just steroids. But the average American rocking as high as 40% body fat. That is not a comfortable way to live. And there's people that are bigger than that right now. Again, not ripping on them, but man, that is not healthy. So I'm maintaining around 10%. How do I do that? Well, let's see. I I work out five days a week. Now, I I have a gym membership. I actually have two gym memberships. And maybe you're not as blessed as I am in the financial department and you can't afford two gym memberships or even one gym membership. You can't afford to do stuff in your own house, though. You can't afford to walk around your own neighborhood. So I don't want to hear excuses, but still, I, I go to the gym five days a week. Five days a week, normally I'm working out with some kind of a weight. Even if I'm not in the gym, I have stuff at my house that I can use. On the days that I'm not doing a formal workout, I'm still active. I still end up going for a walk or rollerblading or or hiking. I prefer that over Netflix and chill. Even though that's okay sometimes, but not all the time. That's how we got to 40% on our average body fat in this country is because most of us prefer that all the time. That's their choice though, right? They're making that choice, which is going to affect their health. And we're all okay with that. There's no one calling these Netflix people and saying, hey, um, have you thought about maybe exercising today rather than watching Netflix? There's no one knocking on their door saying, hey, have you thought about maybe today rather than binging on Hulu, you could go for a walk around the park. There's no one that is monitoring text messages that say, hey, 
come on over to my house this weekend. We're going to do a Game of Thrones marathon. There's no like interruption that happens there. And they go, hey, no, no, no. That's bad information for your health. So we're not going to allow that text to go through. No, they have no problem with that. Nobody does that. That wouldn't make any sense. That that would be weird. Kind of un-American. Kind of anti-freedom. But I, I, you know, I don't get it. I mean, I get it. I understand the laziness. I, it's kind of, it's generational. It, it gets harder and harder to do something when you haven't been doing anything for a while. But the real secret is once you get over that hump, it feels better to do stuff than to not do stuff. But, but you got to get over the hump first. And you can't see over the hump until you get over it, unfortunately. But that, that takes dedication and wanting to change, actually. I also try to drink about half my body weight, usually more, in water every day. I prefer spring water. It's got a great pH balance for your body. Uh, There's a lot of medical science to back up that drinking water really benefits you. Think about it. When you go to the hospital, if you get admitted to the hospital, you go to the emergency room, what's one of the first things they normally do to you? They check your pulse. They they maybe weigh you. If you're bleeding, maybe they, they do something else. But normally, a big part of that is sticking an IV in your arm because you're dehydrated. It's because when your body is properly hydrated, any medicine they give you will work better because your body's working better when you're hydrated. A lot of people's problems can be solved by just simply hydrating a little bit more and really pick a good water source. Don't drink Dasani. I, I, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the Pepsi challenge against Dasani right now. It's not good stuff. Purified water is not a good thing for you to be consuming and almost dehydrates you a little bit. It's crazy. Over time, purified water drinking it will actually dehydrate you in the same way that alcohol does. But people continue to drink it. Drink pure spring water. Straight out of the earth. I mean, yeah, we we filter it, but we don't alter it. But I do that. That helps with appetite. That helps with metabolism. It helps with everything. Jennifer Lopez was on, I think, Dr. Oz. And she's in like her 50s now or or something. And they said, well, how do you look so good, J-Lo? And she said two things. A lot of Ben Affleck dick and lots of water. That's right. Benefer is back. I also try to meditate because there's it, we cannot deny the link between mental health and physical health anymore. Stress leads to issues. Stress leads to disease. What is disease? That's a body not in ease. If you want to get at ease, you got to get control of your mind. And it's hard when you're stressed, when there's a lot of stuff going on, when you're already dealing with anxiety and then depression might sink in, whatever it is. Everybody needs therapy, number one. Okay, it's great to talk. That's always a wonderful idea. Make sure some of that talk includes you and God But therapy is a wonderful idea for everyone. And meditation, in my opinion, and in the opinion of medical science, because it's been studied and proven over and over again to reduce stress, is a great idea for your mental health. So I meditate. It takes time out of other stuff I could be doing, but it's a personal choice that I'm making to benefit my health. No one's requiring that I do it. You know what? No one actually came to my door and knocked on it and said, hey, you should start meditating And I did not get any kind of letter in the mail or see a commercial about it or anything like that. I started meditating without the influence of the media or the government. I also like to intermittent fast. This is another thing that isn't easy to do. But if you do it, there are benefits from it. Like exercise isn't easy to do. But if you do it continuously and stick with it, there are a lot of benefits from it. Just like drinking water and so on and so on. Let me just remind you guys that I am not a medical professional, you should get your advice from your doctor. 
Anybody that tells you to do anything medically related, don't listen to it, especially if they're on the internet, unless they're your doctor. Listen to your doctor. The person that you trust, that you have a relationship with, that knows your medical history, talk to your doctor about medical decisions, okay? I can tell you that intermittent fasting is great, for me at least. Basically, your body is going to function off of two fuel sources. It's going to function off of burning carbohydrates that are in your system, or it's going to function off of burning the fat that's in your body. When you feel the crashes, when you're on the daily roller coasters of the up and down, you're a carb burner. That's why you need to eat or your blood sugar starts dropping and you feel like crap. Incidentally, when you're that kind of person, it's the hardest to lose weight. Both mentally, emotionally, physically, it's just the hardest. But if you can switch over to being a fat burner for your fuel, then you start to lose weight and you feel great while you're doing it because you're basically burning your stored fuel source, the extra fat you have on your body. And we have about 40% per body per average American. We need to get started. Basically, what intermittent fasting is, is that you don't eat three meals a day. You don't continuously stuff your face. You go through periods of time where your stomach is empty. It teaches your body to start to burn fat for its fuel source. And it sucks. I'm going to tell you the first two or three days, sometimes five, six days can really suck. Because your blood sugar is going to drop, you're going to feel like crap, but if you're supplementing with water, you're flushing your system, you're doing some exercise, you'll make it through, guys. It's a week for the rest of your life. It's hard for us Americans to do things continuously, number one, but do things where it's going to pay off later. And this maybe isn't just an American thing, it's a global thing where we want it right now, fast food culture. Now, intermittent fasting is based off the principle that life has gotten way too easy for us. And as a result of that, we are no longer secreting hormones and getting their benefits. These are response hormones. So um, if you get really hot, you secrete what's called heat shock proteins. If you get really cold, you secrete cold shock proteins. Now, too much of either of those can be detrimental to your health. If things are too hot, your body doesn't respond well for a long enough. You know, if they're too hot for a long period of time or if they're too cold for a long period of time, you get things like hyperthermia and you die. But short exposure and controlled exposure to those elements can have incredible benefits to your immune system. They can aid in fat loss and just general overall health. But we have to go into a sauna to achieve that because we live in conditioned air environments now or into cold baths. We didn't used to eat three meals a day. Ancient man didn't have a grocery store or McDonald's to go through. They ate when they could find enough food to forage or they could make that big kill on the hunt. That's when they ate and they ate a lot. That's what OMAD's all about, one meal a day. I eat once a day. I'm really pushing it. I'm essentially doing a 23-hour fast, but I do do some snacking occasionally. This is like a small pouch of tuna fish or some peanuts, but lots of water. That's the secret. A lot of the times when your body's sending you hunger pains, going, eat, baby, eat, I need to eat right now. What it's really saying is is that I'm thirsty. And since you don't drink enough water, I'm used to getting a lot of that out of the food you eat. So I'm going to ask you to eat more so I can get water. But if you just give me water and give me a few minutes, you won't be hungry anymore. The same is true with the gym, too. It used to be that our whole life was a gym. Because we had to to live off the land and we had to be nomadic and we had to do all these things that ancient man did to survive. And now we live in these much more conditioned, softer, easier environments and our bodies are not challenged. And thus, in order for us to not get pudgy and become round and soft, we need to go create this activity that used to be daily life, but now we create it artificially in the gym. 
It's like when you were a kid, you had a great exercise program. You called it play. Now you pay a membership at a gym to go play. But you're making a choice to challenge your body because you know that it's going to benefit your health. You believe in it. You felt the effects of it. And you're, you're in it. You're making a choice to do this. It may not be easy, but you're making that sacrifice to be healthy. Unlike most Americans out there that have 40% body fat. And I don't want to rip on you guys. I'm sure we have listeners that have higher percent body fat. No problem. It's cool. Thank you for listening. I hope you get healthier. I really do. Email me. I'd be glad to help you the best I can. I am not a doctor, by the way. Just want to remind you again, YouTube, I'm not a doctor. hi Try to shut me down now. I would say you can't, but <laughs> we know that's not true. Big tech has shut down people for quoting the CDC. That's right. Real factual information from our government, they will shut you down for sharing that. Just today, the Washington Post reports that the FDA is preparing to announce a new warning, and I believe has just announced tonight, for the J&J coronavirus vaccine, Johnson & Johnson vaccine. They say it's been linked to a nerve disorder called GBS, which can cause paralysis and has. Millions of people in this country alone have taken the Johnson & Johnson shot, but other vaccines could be implicated as well. According to the VAERS database, again maintained by the Biden administration, which tracks vaccine side effects, GBS has been reported as a potential symptom for every other COVID vaccine, too. That's not a small thing. And if it sounds familiar, then you must be over 40 and have a decent memory. Maybe you don't smoke a lot of weed. You may recall that in 1976, the federal government ended its mass vaccination program for influenza after several hundred people came down with GBS. People started asking questions and very quickly, The Ford administration determined that the vaccine was not worth the risk. But that's not happening now. People are not asking those questions because they can't. They're not allowed to in public. This is one of the only platforms in all American media that can operate outside the control of the tech monopolies and ask obvious questions. Not because we're against vaccines. We're certainly not. But because you have a right to know a lot before you take medicine. So the point of me sharing all this is, is that to say that For me to maintain good physical health, good mental health, to to be in good shape and feel good, it takes some work and some dedication. And it's something that, you know, I'm very proud to do and and have the results that I have. But also a lot of it's God given. It's, It's genetics. And I'm grateful for those things. But it has taken work. It has taken dedication to my health to stay in good shape over the years. You know, hey, I'm still a young man. I stopped aging at 28. I feel good. I feel vibrant. I'm ready to take on the world. So this is my question to medical science. This is my question to politics. This is my question to the media. This is my question to the world. Why is some guy who's not old, who's in relatively good shape, doesn't get sick very often, who prefers to put awesome things inside his body, like great vitamins and lots of, you know, water. And I take a great vitamin supplement, by the way. I spend extra money every month on that. And I take a great vitamin supplement because I I know it's going to benefit my body. I'm going to give my body everything it needs to heal itself, to take care of itself. That and a whole bunch of prayer. And I think I, I can maintain great health with exercise. I pretty much avoid gluten. I, that means I don't go to do any fast food. I rarely do any kind of soda unless it's got whiskey in it. So I, I prefer not to put shit inside my body and take care of my body physically and mentally. So why a why world would I ever, 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 ever think about getting a COVID vaccine? Huh?
But when you refuse to answer basic questions about the vaccine and when you dodge them with partisan talking points like that, you make people nervous. Americans have a right to have basic questions answered before they submit to taking a medicine. That is their right. But Durbin and hacks like Fauci persist in pretending that anyone who has questions is somehow a right-wing ideologue. And that's a lie. Now, we don't judge anybody for taking or refusing to take the vaccine. Medical choices are, by definition, personal choices. They are not choices that politicians get to make for you. And you should never be forced to take a medicine you don't want, period. Well, it's because you want to protect other people. No, it's it's not because you want to protect other people. You see, anybody that tells you that you're getting a vaccine, the COVID vaccine specifically, to protect other people, tell them bullshit. You need to go back to vaccine school. That's not how it works. You get a vaccine to protect yourself. So if I'm someone who made a personal choice not to get the vaccine, you're telling me and you're trying to influence me and push me to get that vaccine because it'll protect me and and most importantly, other people that also made the personal choice not to get the vaccine. I know me not getting the vaccine is not a threat to other people that got the vaccine. They made the choice to get the vaccine. So now they're protected, right? 90%, that's the number you're telling us. This vaccine will protect 90% of the people from getting COVID. So I'm not protecting those people because they chose to get the vaccine and quote unquote protect themselves from this quote unquote threat. But me, someone who chose to not get the vaccine, you want me to get it so I can protect other people that are also choosing not to get the vaccine. I don't understand this. Why are you trying to push me to do this? Why are you threatening to fire me if I don't do it? Huh, something doesn't smell right. And it's not the toe on my left foot that I can't move anymore. I I think that's, that might be gangrene. Anyway, answers to that and everything else in part two, baby. Thanks for listening. Hi-yow! Info Ninja. And by the way, it's worth wondering, why are they doing this now? Why are they expanding censorship of conversation about the pandemic as the pandemic recedes? The COVID vaccines have been around for more than seven months. Pretty much everyone who wants one has had one. You can get the shot very easily. They're free. According to the administration, this vaccine works perfectly. And that means that vaccinated people are protected from COVID. They're bulletproof. They can't get sick. That's why they took the vaccine in the first place. So why is official Washington so angry at the people who won't get vaccinated? How precisely do they pose a threat? It makes you think, once you think about it, that maybe none of this is really about COVID. And it's interesting that the very people who are trying to force us are the same ones who lectured us for decades about my body, my choice. They're leading the way. The layers of irony here are almost inexhaustible. The former head of Planned Parenthood, who's a truly irresponsible person called Lena Wen, Just went on television to explain how to force millions of Americans to take the drug. It's easy, she said. Just make their lives as miserable as possible until they comply. It needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated. Right now, it's kind of the opposite. It's fine. I mean, it's easy if you're unvaccinated. You can do everything you want to do anyway. But at some point, these mandates by workplaces, by schools, I think it will be important to say, hey, you can opt out. But if you want to opt out, you have to sign these forms. You have to get twice weekly testing. Basically, we need to make getting vaccinated the easy choice. That is what it's going to take for us to actually end the pandemic.